0: So this weekend, I have drank quite a lot of beer because I've been allowed to go do things again. And Hobbsy's been tested, so I just hung out with him yesterday and Saturday. Mm. And it was like, what are we going to do? It's like, we'll probably just get shit-faced. We got fucking shit-faced two days running. Yeah, nice. It's great. So I was going to be like, "Mm, I'm going to spring clean today and not have any beer. And it's like, oh, I've got recording. Well, I'll do that instead then. So you know i mean you, could still, clean. you could still clean yeah later. i'm probably gonna maybe i might make a cake maybe i won't who knows <laughs> the world's my oyster the two Delicious options oysters yeah yeah clean or make a cake yeah what's that or anything do you want to uh, be healthy and eat a salad or do you want to roll around on the floor and you have some crack welcome to hey brew the podcast about beer and storytelling Each week, one of us brings a beer and an often tangentially but usually related story. My name is Elliot. My name's Mike. And I will one day do that in a consistent manner, but I'm quite enjoying doing it at ball each week.
1: I I kind of have grown to love the way that you say each week because we put them out every two weeks and it feels like we're just
0: lying. Didn't even consider it. Well, (laughs) each week that it comes out, not each week on a consistent basis.
1: Okay. Each episode? Each, each time?
0: show. Each show. No, nah, it feels awkward. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> how's, how's it going? <laughs> yeah, good. Well, that aside, yeah, good. I did just hear that pubs are going to reopen on 11th of June. Yeah, that's, uh, that's not far away. It's not far away at all. Um, but uh, this weekend I have had some beers with a friend, so that was nice.
1: Yeah
0: iso okay. drinks now i mean I've,
1: I've been i've been doing a lot of like drinking while talking to friends just not being in the same location as them physically
0: yeah are... i've been doing that a lot i, I <laughs> like that slowly got quite tiresome though no. yeah like, fun at first and then it's kind of a, <sighs> same yeah. Thing a yeah, yeah yeah <sighs> yeah yeah and also anyway they're like what have you been up to this week is kind of like Pretty much the same, yeah. You see the lighting my room, yeah. 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 <laughs> Haven't moved this know. camera. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Does make you sound like? Never mind. Um, any interesting beer stuff going on? Um, well, I, uh,
1: so you and I are both big fans of the the get that Garage Project Trillium collaboration. Mm. Um, oh, I've recently got a couple of the Firestone Walker uh, co- collabs from that from that uh, series. Oh yeah, um, which is more of like a pilsner sort of uh sort of beer um okay yeah pretty good but i think i'd i'd been kind of hyped up by how good that trillium one is and i expected it to be better than it is but like on its own it's a good pilsner like it's it tastes it tastes really good um it's very uh, very clean and crisp um yeah very light but yeah just putting it next to something like that garage project trillium beer um it it almost, it, it feels like it's worse than it is
0: in a weird way. I think that the the freedom of expression that you have with like IPAs and stuff like that comparatively yeah. makes making a Pilsner um, interesting a little more difficult because it can still mm. be a great beer and a great Pilsner and a great example of it, but might not necessarily be as, um, as exciting as an IPA can be.
1: Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's it. Mm. Just a thought. Yeah. It was good, though. Um I um, had, yeah, had, had
0: the latest Garage
1: Project fresh uh, for the month of May. Um, yeah. Which has, like, that, so that arrived red, on little, Friday. red little astronaut on the can. It's pretty It's pretty good. Mm. It's a really good beer. Those, those fresh IPAs are just kind of getting better and better.
0: Oh, I, had the, I really enjoyed the April one, and my delivery of it arrived on Friday. So I've got the fresh IPA, the mm. party and bullshit, which I think is just fucking great. Yeah. And um, I also picked up uh, another fresh one. That's a little black can. I forget. Yeah, what I saw called. that. I, I don't know what the deal is with that, but I've seen it around. No idea. But I'm very excited about all three of them. Um, mm-hmm. They're sitting in the fridge probably till next weekend at this rate. But who knows nice. how tonight's going to go. Yeah. Um, and I so this weekend I did try a beer which um, blew my funky little mind. To be perfectly honest with you, no, don't know what that was.
1: Yeah, you you sent it to just about every group chat that you and I are both in that has anything to do with beer.
0: So it's called One Drop Brewing Co. They're out of Botany Bay, and it was the Tropical Smoothie Sour. It was a fruit kettle sour with lactose on nitro. It was one of the smoothest, most delicious things I've ever drank. It was so good. Uh, I went back the next day to buy some more, and it all sold out. Wow. But yeah, I've had quite a few good beers this weekend, just um, getting in, getting amongst it. So um, yeah, it's been nice. And a uh, shed load of Moondog Lager as well, which has gone down well.
1: Yeah, I I think uh, I think I've had that. Um Usually when I go to well, usually when I go to Moondog, I'm like I want to try all these other weird things that have come out within the meantime and I don't end up getting something like a lager.
0: I, I've started buying a slab of things. Um I've like oh, started yeah. buying a slab of drinking beers and then like yep. a handful of like sipping beers. Um, yeah, Yeah, okay. I can respect so that. So that's what I got. Yeah. But it's good. It was very good. Yeah. And uh swung by inner north yesterday on the way home and picked up a few cans as well. Nice, yeah, it's good times—a beery weekend. Yeah, hmm. long time coming.
1: <laughs> um,
0: so, uh, speaking of beers, mm. do you want to get into this one?
1: I, f- I feel like we should. We've, yeah, we've been, like we've that, been that.
0: wanting to do this for a while. Yeah, um, it's an appropriate segue. I'll be honest; I've been thinking about this beer all weekend. Really? Do, Dude, do you, it, are you only? Do you only have the one
1: left? Is that why? I only ordered one. Oh, okay. See, I I've done like multiple
0: orders of like four of these at a time. Yeah, they have it in my uh, local shop, and I haven't been treating myself to it. And I don't know why, but yeah, I only ordered this one for this podcast. And context: we've had this beer before, and we both think it's incredible.
1: Yeah, and we were basically um, just looking
0: for an excuse to to have it again.
1: <laughs>
0: I I think it's gonna be a fun topic as well. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, sh- shall we beer it up? Sh- shall I? Shall I? Shall I tell the folks what we've got? Yes, please do to talk us talk me off. Yeah,
1: <laughs> talk my ear off about this goddamn beer. All right, it's not what I said. No. Um, so we've got uh, also from Garage Project. I feel like this is a Garage Project heavy episode already, and we've yeah. just got to this part. Um, so we have the Turbo Fuzz. Um, I I will start by saying the can artwork is fucking rad as hell. Yeah, it's, it's like cool. very very bright. Kind of neon colors in a weird kind of disco vibe. I don't know what's happening, um, but uh, yeah. So I I've not had their fuzz box, um, which oh. this is this is apparently like an upgrade of. Um,
0: oh yeah, it's 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 a it's a decent little um hazy pale ale. Yeah, well, uh, they they, they call it a
1: fuzzy pale ale. Um, okay, well, of course they do. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Uh, but that like the the fuzz box comes in at five point eight percent. This one comes in at ten. Um, the fuzz box was originally brewed as a collaboration with Frankie's Pizza in Sydney, which I'd never heard of before, but it looks rad as hell. And if you and I are ever in Sydney, we should definitely go there. Uh, yeah, man, I'm down with that. Of course. Um, it looks like a rock and roll bar with also craft beer and pizza by the slice.
0: Um, oh, we're going to tangent slightly here, unlike mm. us. Have you been to Mary's Burgers? No, but they
1: very briefly had a pop-up near where i used to work in the city here in melbourne for like all of two weeks or something maybe maybe slightly longer but had their burgers there like they were good um
0: i wonder if they're better on on home soil no they've got a full-time thing here in melbourne now oh do they when did that open up i don't know uh a date took me there dude it's amazing
1: okay i'll have to check it out
0: now that that's there because when they did
1: the pop-up it felt kind of like rushed it didn't it wasn't that impressive
0: this felt kind of like amazing. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll take you there on a date. Yeah.
1: Um. But yeah. So like I said, Fuzzbox, originally brewed with uh Frankie's Pizza, uh the Turbo Fuzz, which we've got today, is basically a like stepped up version of that. Like it's almost double mm. the alcohol content. Um, and we've gone from I guess like just a standard sort of hazy pale ale to a, what the, what they they're calling this a triple hazy IPA. Yeah, because it's just wicked strong and wicked full of flavour. That's um so yeah the fir- so the first time i tried this beer um that was at so moondog had uh, a beer festival at their new moondog world venue not long after it opened uh mm. that was called mate fest and that was basically they just brought in a whole bunch of international brewers to just just have beer there from all over the place and they had garage project they had some people from the u.s they had like breweries from vietnam and hong kong and all this stuff it was actually wicked to get it to like get a taste of some of that stuff but
0: turbo when you and tj went yeah yeah. i was off the beers at the time so that's right
1: yeah that's right uh and turbo fuzz was there and i think it had had its first release maybe a day or two before that uh so they had basically flown it straight over to go to this beer festival so it was fucking fresh and man blew my blew my head off it was so so impressive um and now like i would say this is out of the garage project stuff i've tried this one is my favorite by far
0: um i think it's up there for me and I, and i and i love oh. i love garage project so much i don't know probably it probably is my favorite as well like like out of the ones you Party can and bullshit kind of, is awesome yeah
1: out of the ones you can regularly get like i would say some of the fresh ipas are really good um like they kind of come close to this for me but they're they're pretty, and that they're pretty one well they're pretty seasonal and by their very nature um they do yeah. have one that's coming out have you seen that stout the decade like the decadent stout or whatever they've made
0: oh yeah i uh, so i'm actually really annoyed because i that that got advertised like the day after i put my order in and i was just like cool
1: yeah it doesn't seem to be Next on to the that. australian store yet anyway um yeah
0: it's it's cool it, it's just got like everything in it yeah
1: i want to get my hands on that but anyway we should oh that's a lot of talking about this beer we should now open yeah, it and put it, really
0: it in is. our mouth holes Stop holding me off the beer.
1: Hello, old friend.
0: (laughs) Yeah, because saying stuff like that doesn't make us sound like alcoholics at all.
1: No, I just meant this specific beer. I I have a fondness for it. Yep. Oh, is this glass going to hold all of it? Mm, Yeah, it will. Like it's the... It's also the Garage Project Fresh Glass that was basically made to go with their Fresh IPA series, so it's oh, nice. they come and they come in this size, so it should fit. Sick. All right. First of all, It
0: is entirely opaque.
1: Yeah, it is. It is like a dense orange juice. Uh, in yeah, look, it really is. Other than it's got a bunch of froth on top.
0: Yeah, if someone gave me that and they were like, "Oh, that's a." Uh, You don't have J2O in this country Or like If that's like a V8 or something I'd be like Mm. Okay And then I'd put it in my mouth And I'd be like This isn't a V8 This is uh, Heaven This is (laughs) fucking booze (laughs) Yeah (laughs) It's so Oh my god I don't like V8 Mm, I haven't had one of them for years Alright right, Shall we Shall we put our mouth holes on it (laughs) Ah yes I, I forgot that it's also quite boozy Like Yeah There's that it, does, it doesn't hide it. No, but it's so smooth. It's that 10% mm. as well. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. I've got it's goosebumps, th- but I don't know if it's just because it's cold in my apartment. It, it could be a little of both. I don't know. <laughs> quite quite likely it's both. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. So just taking a look at the, the, the little blurb on the back here. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a lot of talking about amplified and distorted and an even bigger wall of haze and f- hop feedback, something that we might get to a little later. Um, Ooh. But yeah, so we've got what? Galaxy, Nelson, Mosaic hops. Um, yeah, it's mentioning like juicy, molten, tropical sort of fruit notes. It is, it is one of those sort of hazy beers that has a very kind of citrus taste to it. Um, mm. But also having the booze there, which kind of, it almost balances it out so that it's not just like too sweet. Yeah. This is
0: tropical fruit flavors and stuff. Mm. Also, I'd like to add, I've never had it in this size before. I've only ever had like a small glass of it, like at Carwin Cellars. Like on tap? Um, yeah. So... Okay. This is going to be a lovely long day. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, they only, they only come in these
1: 440 mil cans. It's aggressive. Yeah.
0: I, I thought I saw that they were doing them in 330s in New Zealand now.
1: Um, I don't know. I know the fuzz boxes is in smaller cans, but mm. I don't know about the Turbo Fuzz. I would... um. I think you get it in a growler. That'd be wild. Oh, shit. i say things like that. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm seeing more breweries put out um, some of their more specialty beers in uh, small four-pack cans. Like, I know that, like, mm. Timothy, Timothy, Slamathy is now available in four-pack cans and stuff. Um, yeah. Which I hope is something that continues because there's nothing worse than finding a beer you absolutely love. And it's like, cool. I managed to get one of them and they'll never sell it again.
1: Yeah, that, that that happens a fair bit. I think mm. it, it seems like with everybody moving back to cans now, um, that, that sort of stuff is happening a bit more as people mm. are getting like their canning lines and being able
0: to just have better capacity for doing more of it. Yeah. I mean, um, efficiency's going up, and um, especially as people aren't able to go to breweries, off-site sales are picking mm. up, so probably more cans. Yeah. <clears
1: <clears <throat> yeah. A phrase anyway, I've this used be many, many times. More thoughts about this beer. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, it as much as like usually with higher alcohol beers, they can kind of be a bit um, depending on how the booze comes through. They can be almost like off-putting in that first mm. in that first part of the taste. But this, like, it's it handles it pretty well. Like, it's pretty smooth.
0: Um, uh, I also think it's fair to say that both of us are not necessarily in the best, most bright beer tasting mood. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking and, about. Uh, <laughs> and. Um, <laughs> It could be implied that a couple of us had a couple of drinks yesterday as well um, yeah maybe, but at no point did that was that difficult I'm drinking it and I'm not mm. finding it a struggle even though it's quite a high percentage it's yeah. going down really smoothly yeah that, actually awareness when... is 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 not hidden but it's not astringent and dangerous yeah difficult.
1: it's not like some of those um yeah you know, like if you think back to when when we did the rhino like yeah, that was eighteen percent, but it also it fucking showed it and it just kind of hit you with it, yeah.
0: That's showing um, up all over social media again at the moment. So they've obviously just released a new batch.
1: Yeah, no, they, like, the day we made that episode or put that episode out, um, they had re-released it.
0: So I think, I think, I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I think I'm ready to try it fresh. Because yes. it's getting very, very, very different reviews online from what I gave it personally. So okay. maybe, an investment. maybe Maybe it's worth another look. Um, yeah. But yeah, like,
1: the, this this one, it's, it's right on that sweet spot of, like, you can tell the booze is there but it is in no way overpowering or getting in the way Mm. of the flavor or anything like that. And there isn't even that aftertaste that you get with some of those sort of high-alcohol beers? No.
0: Um, There's like the – you get a little bit of aftertaste of like sort of papaya and mango and stuff, Mm. so like the tropical fruit flavors. But it's not it's not just like fruit juice. It's still Mm -hmm. got booziness to it and beer. But then the other thing as well is it's like if you eat a slightly overripe bit of fruit and there's ever so slight – alcohol burn almost like fermentation yeah, going on yeah it's almost like that afterwards it's just like yeah or it's, it's not like oh it's more like
1: mm. or, or like that fruit juice that is like pretty close to its best by date
0: <laughs> yeah <laughs> the <laughs> juice tastes like it's got a bit of fuzz on it <laughs> yeah 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 but yeah is that was that a joke yes nice <laughs> you, nice You'd <laughs> <ask>. <laughs> mm. you never know yeah. um Cool. I mean, look, we could wax lyrical about this beer for quite a while, I think. But the problem is, we're actually struggling to because it's just so nice. Um, yeah. But like, I this is one of the ones that I I would implore most people to go out and try some of these beers. But if you like IPAs and if you like a hazy IPA, I implore all of you to go out and find this beer. Mm.
1: Yeah, and like, uh, it's it's getting easier to find now with, well, at least in Australia, with Garage Project having opened up their their local online store. And distributors just, I guess it seems like they're able to get more of it because of that. Um, mm-hmm. So, there is more of it out there now. Yep. Uh, but it is still, like, I don't think it's even for sale on their site anymore because they must have sold
0: through everything they had. Uh, that wouldn't surprise me in the slightest. Like I say, my local bottle shop at least had it. I don't mm-hmm. know if it still has it. But, um, yeah, it's, so it's definitely more widely available. If you can get a hold of it, get hold of it and drink it and enjoy yourself. Yeah. 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 Enjoy yourself. Enjoy this beer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, nothing complicated about that. I don't really know where this this has come from. Obviously, we were both just very excited about it. Yes. Um. All right. Actually, I'm
1: I'm having uh just before we move on, having a flashback to Matefest when I first tried this because this wasn't the first beer that we tried. Although the fir- I think the first three that we tried were at least ten percent alcohol because we we oh, went God. to one and I think it was Lurvig. Were there and they cheesecake had like, style. yeah, the cheesecake style, which I think was like eleven percent. I think that might have been the first beer I had. Um. Then we found so something TJ, else, and then I found this.
0: Well, TJ raved about that cheesecake stout so mm. hard, and I was like, "Oh my god, I've, I've got to try this! I've got to try this!" And I was kind of underwhelmed. It was it was a good little imperial stout, but I wasn't mm. that blown away. But it's also because I love cheesecake, and I'm also really susceptible to hype, and it ruins yeah. things for me. Yeah, so. it,
1: it it didn't it didn't taste like close enough to a cheesecake to maybe even warrant the name, but it it, yeah, it, was was, it definitely had like that kind of sweetness. And it had some of the flavors that kind of reminded you of a cheesecake, but it wasn't like, damn, mm. this beer tastes like a cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. Do
0: you want cheesecake now? Yeah. Yeah, same. No, you know what uh, I want?
1: and I-, I want carrot cake for some reason. I heard carrot cake on a podcast and I was like, fuck, I want
0: some carrot cake. It's pretty good. Um, yeah. I, uh, side note, two side notes. One, I'm probably going to be making an orange and ginger cake this afternoon. Ooh. Yes. And two... Um, there was a cooking competition for our Friday night Zoom drinks at work where you had to use carrots, cinnamon, and cream or cheese, and you weren't allowed to make carrot cake. Um, It just made everyone think of carrot cake. Interesting. I like that. I made maple and cinnamon glazed roast carrots with parmesan. They were good. Yeah, And importantly, they were also the first result on Google when I typed in all three ingredients. (laughs) Very good minimal effort oh boy oh hell yeah (laughs) Uh, speaking of minimal effort this is not my episode this week so mike yeah would you care to uh take it away i i think i will
1: so this will be probably one of the least tangential stories that we've ever done here on hey brew um Mm. with the with the turbo fuzz in hand uh we're going to talk today about uh electric guitar distortion and its origins, yeah. yeah. It's um,
0: a, one of our cooler topics, I think.
1: Yeah, it's it's something you and I we're we're both into loud guitars. I'll say that. Hell yeah! I to, I ha- we both happen to own loud guitars. I think. Yeah, that's um, how I describe
0: myself. Not a guitar player, but a guitar owner. Yes, uh. But yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I I basically what I've got today is sort of an origin story for distortion uh, in in sort of guitar music. Um, what I don't, mm-hmm. what this doesn't have is like where it shows up throughout music in, in, in the last like 80 years since it came up. Cause that, is, that basically just is a music history podcast and that's not kind of what I wanted to do. Fair um, enough. but I'm sure we can sit here and rattle off like notable users of distortion and feedback and all sorts
0: of shit like that. But, um, so, so what's interesting yeah. is that, um, when we write episodes, occasionally we're quite, um cagey about it and we don't talk mm. to each other about what we're writing about and then yeah. it's a nice surprise because we've had this beer waiting for a while and we've discussed it at length i actually knew you were going to be doing this topic but i actually thought you were going to be doing a little bit more of a rock history sort of thing about no. like you know where distortion came in and who started using it and why it became popular etc yeah
1: there's actually a whole bunch of stuff that goes into just how it came about and then i i, I wrote like I see a page and a half of notes, and I was like, No, there's no room to actually start talking about that stuff um oh, I don't and know you and, can and, just and also an
0: annoyingly long one like I did,
1: well, yeah, but also without <laughs> like without cutting in audio samples from songs and potentially running into yep. copyright issues, uh this is a bit easier, yeah, yeah, totally so fair. so we we we're gonna talk about where distortion comes from, and i'll I'll do my best to like explain some of the like technical aspects of it in a way that is not uh infuriating to listen to um yeah i'm usually pretty good at it but uh let me know if if, if i'm like off 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 base on any of this Anyway. All right I'll, I'll try and keep you on on grid yeah let's get into it uh so electric guitars and amplifiers for them uh have been around since the 1930s um the first amplifiers of the time were pretty low power uh n- there, there weren't really any putting out more than 10 watts so they're, they're weak little things, um, mm. and it wasn't until 1947 when Leo Fender, as as in Fender guitars, uh, put out the, uh, the the super amp. Uh, I think I think it's like officially known as the Fender Super, but everywhere I saw this mentioned was the the super amp. Um, and we'll, we'll come we'll come back to that uh, because it's it's kind of worth to to it's worth mentioning a little bit about how an electric guitar signal actually works. Um, Okay Just you know Because I find it interesting And I think other people might too Um, But before I do Just going to acknowledge Some sources here Obviously Wikipedia Played a big part uh, There was a uh, Article on Openculture.com Brief history of guitar distortion Uh, There's an article on Noisy Which is a Vice Music outlet Um, Mm -hmm. And yeah A couple of other um, Wikipedia Pages as well Um, So Electric guitars use What's called a pickup To produce their sound uh, these, these are what sit sort of under the, the strings on the, on the body of the guitar and inside them are magnets which basically produce a magnetic field and magnetize the string sitting above it uh, and use electromagnetic magnetic induction to create the audio signal that it sends out. I'm not going to go into much more than that because it gets into the territory of how the fuck do magnets work and I don't have time for that and also (laughs) I don't want to seem like I'm in the insane clown posse.
0: I was going to say, there's already a great song about that. Yeah, uh,
1: but because it's using electromagnetic induction, um, the signals tend to be quite weak so that's why you need to use an amplifier to just make it louder. And that, that's all those early amplifiers actually did was just make the signal louder. Uh, it's not like today where everything is adding effects and all this other stuff to it. It was just, hey, this guitar is w- wild, weak. <clears throat> Can we make it louder, please? It's very literal amplification. Yeah. Um, so guitars of the time were using what's called a single coil pickup initially, um, mm-hmm. which, yeah, again, it comes down to how magnets work. But an issue with these is that they act like an antenna uh, and pick up main 's hum, um so if you ever like uh, listen to stuff through a headphone, you have like that faint humming sound in the background um, yep. sometimes it's if, noise yeah it 's basically picking up the the just interference from the magnets and and all that sort of stuff, and it goes out on your guitar signal um. And it wasn't until 1945, there was a Western swing guitarist and Western swing kept coming up. And I feel like that's just a genre of music, but it's kind of like somewhere close to country and blues with kind of a upbeat kind of tempo to it. Um, but yeah, a oh, Western honestly, swing I, w- gu- I want to
0: find some of that.
1: Yeah. A Western swing guitarist named Junior Barnard or Barnard, B-A-R-N-A-R-D. I've, I've picked an American guy and still his name is hard to say. What is happening? Barnyard barnyard junior barnyard um he was he was messing around with his own type of pickup um which would actually be an early form of what we know today as a humbucker pickup okay uh and those those are common across electric guitars now like they they are pretty much i would say they're the predominant They're the standard aren't they yeah so what uh so a single coil is basically it's just you know one one again it's how magnets works but it's like you've got one row of magnets or whatever. I I actually don't know the internals of a single coil all that well, but essentially what that means is um, they pick up the the interference, which gives you that that hum sound. A Mm. humbucker is a second row, which basically cancels out the interference that gets picked up. Um, Mm. So yeah, using two coils instead of one. Uh, Mm. And so yeah, cancelling out the interference or bucking the hum,
0: hence the name humbucker. Yeah. it's It's a terrible name in my opinion.
1: Yeah. It, Look, man, it's coming out of like American country music, like humbucker. Like, it seems uh, I can see where that comes from. I suppose if you Um, say it with the
0: right accent, it does sound quite cool. But yeah, um, so let me get this straight. So, humbuckers, like I say, I own guitars and know a little bit Mm -hmm. about them. Humbuckers are basically the standard. You know, the the, the SGs, uh, Les Pauls, um, uh, Telecasters, uh, sorry, Stratocasters and stuff all use the humbucker no strats use single coil strats are single coils yeah well telecast is single coil yeah they both are but they're
1: different types of single coils that produce different sounds okay. and that's getting into like how the shape of a guitar's body affects the sound as well yeah, and yeah there's yeah. so Look, much that goes into let's that let's not get into that too much yeah but
0: i because i thought telecaster though, was but i wasn't sure about the strat
1: yeah so well you can you can get stratocasters with humbuckers on them but the the standard uh stratocaster like i've got one um they're they're great guitars but they are single coils by default yeah um
0: what what you get in terms of a sound makes that stratocaster sound as well yeah and that's what i was going to
1: say is um in terms of the sound produced single coils tend to be sort of a brighter slightly harsher sound uh Mm. just because they're not you know sort of cancelling out the the harsh edges on on the on the sound whereas humbuckers they tend to produce sort of a warmer smoother and fuller tone it's a lot it's of
0: what I would call quite a well-rounded tone.
1: Yeah, and a, a lot of modern humbuckers, a lot of modern guitars with humbuckers in them will have what's called a, sc- a coil split system, which mm-hmm. is usually you've got like a volume and a tone knob on your guitar, and a, a coil split usually is you, you pull one of those knobs out, and what that does is it changes the pickup that you're using to emulate a single coil sound just by changing I- the,
0: the circuitry. I did not know that.
1: Yeah, like I've I've got a guitar that does that. I can't really tell I think it maybe just with this guitar. I can't really tell too much of a difference with it, but it's not it's not strictly speaking a true single coil when it does that. It's kind of like It's emulation. Yeah, kind of something like that, but it's it's still like modifying the uh, electronic circuit to do that when you when you do that. Wild. Yeah. Um so you can you can get some guitars which do that really well and you kind of get that that harsher edge to the sound and if you're using something like distortion, which we'll get to, uh, that can add sort of a different dimension to the sound that you're producing.
0: All right, safe. Yeah. I'm
1: trying to avoid like edging into like audio engineering territory with this. It's don't very be, tempting. Don't be edging on the podcast. Hey, hey, no. No, I won't be doing that. Well, you can't Stop. see my hands.
0: Go, go on. <laughs>
1: I need to take a drink. Mm. But, okay, so that's kind of how pickups work. So this guy, Junior... Barnyard junior Barnard, Um he was a bit of a lunatic with his guitar so <laughs> he apparently played so hard that okay. he'd often snap his strings while he was playing um, yep. and and the the combination of the like the higher sound output from these pickups that he had made and and the sheer force that he was playing with uh, would push his amp into uh, what's called overdrive uh, which is a type of distortion um mm-hmm which i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna do my best now to kind of explain what distortion actually is before we go into right. sort of how it came about because uh, okay. it, it it is actually really interesting to to understand this um so if you've ever i mean you know this because you're looking at audacity while we're recording like if you've ever <laughs> recorded sound before you you will have seen an audio waveform yeah um that represents the audio signal uh you've probably learned about like a sine wave in school that's basically the simplest possible audio signal representation you get it's just a nice little curve um Mm. but in 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 real life no no sound is a perfect sine wave like there's always uh imperfections and distortions and different elements in there so it ends up being a big old mess yeah um but but it's all the same thing right like sound has a waveform to it and recording in something like audacity lets you see that uh distortion basically occurs when you clip an electric guitar signal or any signal but for the purposes of today it's electric guitars um clipping is basically where you push an audio signal past its maximum so like if i were to shout into this microphone you would hear it sort of breaking up and sounding really uh, like fuzzy and uh, you know distorted because that's what that's what's happening, right? Um, mm-hmm. You you you're basically pushing the signal past that limit to where all of the peaks and troughs in the audio signal they just get cut off, and that's where you lose a bunch of the the audio fidelity,
0: and that's where distortion comes in. Okay, so it's it's kind of like um, that they for, one, for like if we talk about a, like a microphone, it mm-hmm. it, um, it uses a physical barrier to. Trans, translate the air movements into um, vibrations and then mm-hmm. turns that into electronic noise. Yeah. Or uh, uh, well, electronic signal.
1: Yeah. And depending on... The physical your,
0: barrier can handle more sound than the electronics and that's yeah. where... Okay. So yeah, it, that, it, it that stops kind being of able to translate it almost.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Because you basically... Like you've got... you know At the moment we've got our signals nicely within the bounds of what the equipment can handle. But if mm-hmm. you push if you amplify the signal more and push it just up, then the top part of that signal is now out of bounds essentially. And that yeah. where where that line is, where it cuts it, that's where clipping happens is where you're pushing past that maximum. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's kind of like I'm doing my best here, but it is it is hard to do without a visual aid. I was gonna say <laughs> it's
0: very, very hard to do on audio, so Yeah yeah i won't no, question we'll, that one too much further we'll,
1: than we'll get to some to some real life examples in a second um right but a lot of modern more intentional uh distortion effects will add sustain and overtones as well like harmonic overtones mm-hmm. so that it's not just this noise it's actually like got a purpose to it in a sense yep. um and you, you'll you often hear words like warm or dirty used to describe different types of distortion um, depending on you know the type of music that you're playing or the type of sound you're trying to get. Um, but yeah, so in terms of uh, the terminology, distortion is usually just meant to mean a more extreme version of the effect than overdrive. Um, and then fuzz is another term that you'll hear in the mix as well. That's just a particular type of extreme distortion that was originally produced by using faulty equipment. So, I think it was somebody had an amplifier with, like, a busted valve in it, and Mm -hmm. that's what caused fuzz, because of just the the exact way that that valve was broken, it made this, like, really oversaturated distortion sound. Um, Nowadays, all of these effects are sort of created by an amplifier, or effects pedals, or software, or or whatever you're using, but... um, in, in a,
0: yeah, in so what, a minute, yeah. What what was happy accidents became something that they could replicate.
1: Yeah, and you are you are getting a little bit ahead of me here. So we'll get oh, into that man. now. No, it's fine. So Junior Barnard's overdriven sound uh, became something that a lot of guitar players were trying to emulate. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's kind of like the the Back to the Future thing, where they're like, check out the sound you've never heard before. <laughs> get a load of this kid. Um, a lot of players were looking for like a dirtier, grittier sound uh, to complement. Uh, sort of the blue, the, like, the nature of the blues music they were playing and actually some of the blues singers had that kind of like gravelly tone to their voice and they were trying to get yeah. close to that with the guitar. Uh, and so, yeah, everybody's chasing this guy Jr.'s guitar sound and that's when the Fender Super Amp came out, was sort of around that time as well. So to get back to the Super Amp, uh, the Super, released in 1947, uh, could produce 18 watts versus the <whistles> sort of 10 of the day. Uh which so is for those the... not
0: for those who don't play guitar or or, or haven't like done uh, you know anything around that you know working mm. with bands or anything um eighteen watts an eighteen watt amp it's fuck all now yeah it's what like eighteen watts is enough to practice at home and make a bit of a racket yeah, yeah. um if you're a gigging band you use amps of what, like 100, 150 watts, and then uh, mic them up through a PA? Most,
1: most people would probably go up to 100 watts and then run it out from there, depending on the speaker cabinets they're using or if they're just mm-hmm. piping that straight into the, the house sound system. But yeah, 100 yeah. watts is like as much as you need to go to nowadays with the amount of ampli- yeah. amplification within venues.
0: And then, yeah, they'd pump that out through a PA system, like mic'd yeah. up, which might be anything up to... Well, depending on stadium gigs, they go into the thousands, but... Yeah. Yeah. So, 18.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, I I saw a picture of the original, like, sort of Fender Super Amps, and they're, like, the size of the amp that I've
0: got here, which is 50. I was going to say, like, I can't imagine it would have been, like, early computers where it's, like, it's ginormous, but it still would have been It it was a little bit like that,
1: but it's still only, like... Um, you know, back in the back in the forties and the fifties when this was sort of happening, so yeah, similar similar sort of time frame. But the, the the issue with computers having that was more like how much space it took to store things, whereas this is just like speakers and wires and shit.
0: Yeah, it's just valve technology and, and transistors.
1: Yeah. yeah, um, which I am not going to get into the difference today between like valves and solid state distortion and all that stuff um mainly because i don't care all that much um and also that's
0: real nerdery only yeah that is like people are
1: into guitars to even give a shit about it in the first place um yeah but yeah so the super came out 18 watts nearly double the output of any other amp on the market and Mm -hmm. so basically that that just meant at the time like no one really knew what no one had quantified what distortion was like this guy had this wicked guitar sound But no no one, everyone just kind of figured it was like, oh, these weird pickups he's made and the way that he plays the shit out of the guitar, that's kind of it. Um, So this amp that came out with 18 watts, like all anyone knew is that it was just louder than anything else they could get, right? What made it really special uh, was the fact that when you crank the volume all the way up, the amp produced this fuzzy distorted signal instead of the normal clean electric guitar sound. Uh, And that was literally a happy accident, as you said. Like, this was not part of the design. Uh, This was just something that people found out because they were turning the amp up. And they were like, oh, shit, we found the sound. And then everyone was rushing out to buy these amps. And that is basically, like, where distortion comes from is, like, this guy playing this guitar that way. And this one amp that everyone was like, fuck, that's it. That's the sound.
0: Isn't it mad that, like, his name, I'd never heard of this guy. Mm. and i like to think of myself as someone who knows a bit about music and is interested in guitars and this sort of rabbit hole is the exact sort of thing i'd fall down but um old barnyard what was his first name junior barnard and the thing is he was a he was a guitarist Um,
1: on someone else like on in someone's band so his name wasn't actually in the band name in any way
0: yeah so he he would have been in like a big you know ensemble band type thing something like that yeah yeah gotcha yep yeah righto
1: but yeah, mm. so what I'm going to do now, which is definitely a first for us, uh, I'm literally mm. going to play the guitar here and give some examples of sort of some different distortion sounds to kind of help help paint the picture, as it were.
0: Yeah. This is actually the second time we've included any kind of uh, music on the show. The first one was about a prostitute that got eaten by a giant squid. It's not going to be that. Um, yeah. So, what I
1: thought that's I'd pointy. do, um, I've got my... So, i got a Fender Blues Junior amp, which is like, you know, it provides like a little bit of distortion in that kind of like warm, bluesy way that um, isn't a lot of distortion. But I've also yeah. got a fuzz pedal, just to kind of give mm-hmm. an example of like that as well. Uh, mm-hmm. So, what I'm going to do is basically play uh, the main riff from Seven Nation Army, because everybody knows that. Um, yeah. And that, that's easy enough to get through. I've also... I've got an octave pedal so I can really replicate the shit out of that sound um in a really satisfying way. Mike, so, bring
0: us all off with your audio. I, technique. I will.
1: I'm just going to well, I'm just going to have a drink first and then assume the all position. Right.
0: What guitar we got?
1: Um so this is my uh my Chapman uh I oh, multi-scale. I, uh it's seven string. No, it's not it's not the multi-scale, it's just oh, a standard yeah, yeah, yeah. Just seven, seven string with a telecaster body on it um mm-hmm. oh, yeah because this was like the first extended range guitar i got because i wanted one for ages but all of them look like battle axes because they're built for people who are heavy metal idiots oh um, yeah, yeah they're which, all, all fair, like um, i
0: am but i didn't want a guitar that looked like that what's that is it ltd that make the really like the Oh yeah ltd
1: stuff? uh i think it's like a sub-brand of esp um yeah they make, they make some weird looking things and like they're yeah, pretty they're, rad, but I they're don't. Fine, want they're fine one. guitars. They make good sounds, but what I wanted was something with like a little bit more of a mellow shape to it. Yeah, um, and like this, this got the the double humbucker setup. It's got the coil split on it, but this is the one that I was referring to when I said I couldn't tell. <laughs> Fair enough.
0: All right, Mike Serenatus. Yeah. Um, so, just running straight you, out of the amp, it gets a little bit do you of distortion. Kill your mic. Um,
1: no, that's on separate tracks. Uh, I mean, like, like, so it doesn't pick up both. Uh it'll it'll only come through a little bit on here. Um, okay. So, like, just just to play a nice little a nice little power chord. This is kind of just the amp on its own. Mm-hmm. So there's like there's a little bit of that distortion to it there. I've just dropped my pick.
0: It's a very nice sounding amp, even though Zoom, which we're using at the moment, is doing audio ducking. Yeah, it's it compressing it a loud the loud noise. Shit out comes of it. through, it goes. it goes, and it cuts out, and then I hit Yeah. Eh
1: yeah so amp. it's like it's kind of like this amp on its own is like a pretty warm uh distortion sound um, it's just you, you can kind of hear that little bit of the signal breaking on the mm-hmm. edges but it's not super pronounced that that is no. probably similar like that that is what i'd call overdrive because I've, I've got the the amp sort of turned up but the master volume turned down just so it's not super loud um but yeah, so, so that that is kind of similar to probably what these early pioneers of distortion were were, were playing with, right? Yes, yeah, because they, were, they hearing, were just turning yeah. the amp up and that's it. But uh, so to uh, if I if I just play that Seven Nation Army riff, sort of so just single note riff, a little bit of you can hear a little bit of that distortion, but when I'm just playing the one note, it's not super prominent. Um, so to play it with, uh, so what I've got is a Harmonix nano big muff pie. Uh, so ah. the, the big muff is like one of the early fuzz pedals and this is like, hey,
0: dude, I think we own the same pedal here.
1: Yeah. This is like, I don't know, 20 years later they came up with this very small version, but it makes the same sound. Um, so with that turned on, so it's like a very dirty signal. Um, that's that's fuzz like that, That's its very nature. Mm. Like it, it sounds fuzzy. Um, it's meant to do that. Um, it kills a lot of the low end. Uh, that might just be it the sounds like it. Yeah, that might just be either Zoom or it might be where I've got the tone setting on that pedal set to. Fair enough, because like you can change sort of the yeah. nature of the fuzz sound on it. But yeah. to really uh, complete the picture here, what I've got as well is a what's called an octave pedal uh so it's also from electro harmonics is poly-, poly octave generator so it will have uh the the actual guitar sound coming through it will also have a signal an octave above and a little bit an octave below so it's kind of like this it makes this really fat sound which a lot of like if you're doing a lot of fuzz stuff it's it's cool to just play a single note at a time but do this kind of bullshit. um so to do that So, yeah.
0: that, that sounds awesome, because that sounds so much more, well, that sounds like a, a really full sound Yeah,
1: and um, that is basically how Jack White made that sound on that song Is he had uh, a whammy pedal, which will let you do an octave down as an effect uh, Running through, like, distortion as well um, So that's how you get away with not having a bass player Is, is you have an no. octave pedal
0: <laughs> It's kind of a cop-out way of doing it and how do you get away with having a really crap drummer? Is it just you give them one drum to play at a time? You just always look like you're drunk. And then you will
1: be like, oh, they're both drunk. It's fine. <laughs>
0: that was my unnecessary, unsubtle dig at Meg White's drumming capabilities. And yeah. Uh, yeah, now she's an alcoholic as well. I'm into it.
1: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, hopefully uh, that kind of helps to paint the picture that I was trying to paint with my words uh, of what, distortion actually is um it's kind of hard to to do that without any kind of aid other than my words so uh yeah no, that
0: that's cool that's that's yeah. what we want to hear
1: yeah cool um well i'm going to put this guitar down and then get back to this beer all right do it up so yeah that's uh that's kind of um i guess the the prepared side of things uh, i've gone through all of my notes oh. and all of the stuff i had for the guitar um, One thing I'll say, I didn't actually find a place to put this because I didn't have time to kind of go back and cite where this came from, but there were stories of people who would puncture their speakers and their amps with pencils to produce all kinds of different distorted sounds. And there's all these tales of like people doing these weird DIY jobs to
0: make sounds that weren't meant to be there. So I can absolutely believe that because mm. I used to own a like a 3.1 surround sound, just mm. like a creative Zen What one? even is a 3.1 surround? No, 2.1, excuse me, like a 3-unit <laughs> surround sound, yeah. Like a 2-unit um, subwoofer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was good, but then just suddenly out of nowhere, it started playing up, and I was like, I don't know what's going on with this. It's making horrible sound. And it mm. turns out what happened is the sub had blown out the speaker cone oh yeah just torn yep and i was just like it's just causing like the most horrendous distortion but that was a full tear like i could get my hand inside it well that's the thing Whereas i think if you had like a small hole you could probably manufacture a cool sound out of it
1: yeah because all all sound is just you know vibrations right so if you're changing Mm. the way that the speaker cone vibrates due to it being damaged that is like a legitimate way to produce distortion um and often like people were playing with you know damaged uh amplifier
0: components or damaged gu- guitar components and that was a factor in it too. Dude, let's not discount the fact that um a gravelly voice is slightly damaged vocal cords.
1: Yeah. Uh you know there are there are definitely ways and people nowadays are you know you can find coaching for this but there are ways to do like that kind of screaming or growly vocals in a way that doesn't cause damage. But back yep. in like the sixties, and back when this stuff was first coming around, like, didn't nobody knew about that.
0: They were just screaming. <laughs> yeah, dude, Blue, Blue, Blues men's voices was because they worked hard, they smoked a lot, and they drank a lot of whiskey, mm-hmm. and they worked probably with like coal or chemicals or something like yeah. that. So their voices were it. probably just yeah, their voices were probably just fucked. Like BB King in his early years, almost certainly had yeah. that kind of setup, and then as he got older. It almost certainly went to a more like, okay, we're gonna have a doctor look at your throat, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we're gonna try and preserve this. Yeah, but yeah, hell, we all uh, know we've woken up that next day with a hangover and just been like, God, I sound sexy right now.
1: Well, it's it's also like with the way that <laughs> the way that we're isolated at the moment, we're not really talking to people all that much, and so like mm. I've i found it myself here at home when I'm like, um, you know, going to get on a, a call with people, and I haven't actually said anything all day. That first time I speak, oh, I'm like, yeah. oh my voice, what is happening? <laughs>
0: Hi, I'm Mike. No, it's just
1: it's just like that that kind of broken up that like your yeah. voice is getting caught in your throat. It's it's real weird. Um, well, that that's yeah. why thank God I have the cat that I can just yell nonsense at. Yeah, all day. I've I've found myself like you know I like I have music on at home and I'll just be singing along to it and that is like almost mm. keeping my voice
0: moving. <laughs> yeah, that's fair enough. Yeah, yeah, man. Oh, well, that's cool. Well, I think um, one thing that's quite interesting as well is like how different sort of distortions evolved. Like the the, mm. the distortion that someone like so we were talking about strats earlier, mm-hmm. and for some reason when I talk about strats, that one of the bands that always comes to mind is Oasis, and the Britpop era used a lot of Stratocasters. Um, yep. To be perfectly honest with you, um, Oasis, one of Oasis' main guitars was a uh, Gibson three three five. So mm-hmm. I don't even know why I always think of that, but. Um, the strat distortion that was used during like the Britpop era so different to something like uh, what Hendrix was producing and using. Or, yeah, or or even through like
1: uh, a lot of like early American punk bands, like they were all mostly using Stratocasters, right? Like same yeah. guitar, different uses, very different sounds.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Different amp- like they, diff- I think there's a lot of parts that go into there. Right? There's different amplifiers, different playing techniques, different effect pedals as well. Like I was using a few yeah. there. Um, there's all sorts of wild effects that you can add on there which makes it kind of hard to be like oh this person's sound is made by using this amp and this guitar it's like it could be actually a ton of shit that you can't see
0: yeah oh there's so much debate online when you hear about you look into music and you're like there are threads and threads and threads on things like reddit it's like mm-hmm. what what amps and pedal combos is x band using to achieve this sound yeah which is insane
1: yeah yeah it's like i there's there's a I forget which channel it is, but there's a whole there's a whole category of videos on YouTube which is basically going to uh, where performing musicians are setting up for a live show and going through their entire live setup with them. They, they usually mm-hmm. call like rig rundowns or things of that nature. Um, yeah, but cool. they'll go through like their entire signal chain, all the different guitars, all the different effects and amplifiers, and how they mic them up. And it's like it is audio engineering, and that's why I didn't want to go too deep into half of this stuff is because I don't know enough about it, and it would also well, be, like, a lot to take in. <laughs> well, also, it's quite dry content. <laughs> it is a bit. Um, without without, without, without being able to, like, provide samples of what the different sounds are, which is why I wanted yeah. to
0: try and make that guitar thing work today. Yeah. Now, I used to watch, um, there was a YouTube channel about two guys that used to like talk about and test pedals, and I used to watch that mm. when I was at work, um, yeah. and Big Kev uh, Wood, who's a uh, fantastic guitarist and a bit of a pedal aficionado, he, is. Um, he used to talk to me about pedals quite a lot. Mm. Um, he actually sold me a couple, of lives, so that's why I got my um, my Big Muff from his, <laughs> it's a really fresh. Yeah, yeah, no, keep going. <laughs> yeah, so I got my Big Muff from a six foot seven Canadian, man. Yeah, you got your Big Muff from Big Kev. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and um, it was a small muff first, and when it was finished, it was a really big... Sorry, <damn>. I couldn't... <laughs> no, it's no, fine. No. I like it. Okay. Uh, yeah. But, so, um, but like, that's the thing, is that that idea of, like, oh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a broken valve, or it's a mm. slightly torn amp, a um, no, speaker cone, or, you yeah. know, XYZ, has enormously blown out to become a multi-million dollar industry, Um, Mm. And also like There are pedals out there That are worth more than Like some guitars Like Like the Procol Rat And the Like Oh if you're trying to find Like the One of the original ones Then sure Yeah Some of these things Are insanely expensive Insanely sought after Because they're like Well The original one they made It's No one has been able to make it Of Just as high quality since Like well Yeah It's electronics. Surely it's easy to Know Like Like it's a very specific yeah. sound and yeah, it's created this very strange, like user mm. market. Well, there's also, really there's a
1: whole, even so basically like modern distortion is all, you know, artificially created. It's, you're not actually mm-hmm. operating with damaged equipment. You're using pedals or amplifiers that have those effects yeah. built in. Um, but there's this, so that, that, that's all gone, but there's still an element of DIY in certain parts of it. So like, a classic distortion pedal is the Boss DS-1. It's this orange pedal. Um, oh, yeah. It's, it's used by almost every band at some point that uses distortion. But the ones that they make now, obviously the circuitry's changed over years, so they've got different sounds depending on what, what year your pedal was made or what era it came from. But there is a whole sub-community of people who will open those up and modify the circuitry to try and get a different sound out of them. And you can find... DIY recipes for getting certain sounds out of a Boss DS-1.
0: Yeah, or, or, or trying to get it to sound as close to the original font Yeah, of yeah. so yeah.
1: so there's a ton of shit like that out there. There are people that are building their own pedals from scratch because they they know how fucking circuits work, and they're like, oh, I could do this. And yeah. honestly, they're
0: not complicated circuits, but I can't be bothered. <laughs> <laughs> no, so... I opened. This is going to sound very really strange, but I actually opened one up the other day because it's been playing up to see if I could see if something was loose mm. or if something was like come apart. And I uh-huh. opened it up and I was like, oh, "I'm looking at here. I'll just put yeah. it back together again and just make yeah. sure everything was tightened up, etc." Yep. But I'm, I'm going to have another play with it later. But I, it's like um, so for me. I, 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 the Boss DS one is one of them, but the the the, the, the like quintessential and like most famous pedal. Uh, distortion pedal for me is ibanez tube screamer partly because yeah. great name um, yeah
1: it's also, also like it's- even, even the ones you could buy now have the same fucking like retro design to them they're like this weird seafoam yes. green color with this big yep. silver square button in it that you stomp on mm-hmm. a fun fact it's, it's a lot of super guitar iconic. pedals a lot of guitar pedals are called stomp boxes because you literally yep. stomp on them with your feet to make them do anything
0: yeah, which is a nightmare playing at home when you've got the ones with the small buttons as opposed to yeah, most of mine are um, those. <laughs> yeah, and you end up stomping on them and fucking your feet up, and you're just like, yeah. oh my god, that went between the yeah. bones. Um, I
1: hon- honestly, if I'm going to play guitar and like use my pedals a bunch, I will put shoes on. Yeah, same. Um, <laughs>
0: so soft.
1: Yeah, <laughs> um, but, but like, or either well, that or I try to push it with just my
0: big toe. <laughs> yeah, which takes a precision. That's not quite yeah. that rock and roll. <laughs> um but i was gonna say like that but even though like tube screamer which is like it's a pretty consistent design that they've gone yeah. for but tube screamers the first tube screamer compared to the one they've got now they come i forget what the designation they use it's something like ls1 or like ts1 uh, ts1 yeah. would be probably what TS1 it sense. yeah tts lube screamer um, <laughs> the, the old lube screamer. oh no let's not get into that um yeah, like T S one versus like the T S six or seven or whatever they're on now. Yeah. It's a complete it's it's not a completely different sound, but it's a different sound. And people yeah. like the those people who are looking for a particular sound will pay bloody good money for mm. what is essentially an entry level especially at the time, an entry level kind of throwaway cheap um yeah. guitar pedal. Yep. Because it it it's a now it has you know retro factor and it's rarer but also b it's like that's not it's not easy to replicate a sound which is kind of mad yeah yeah because the,
1: like there's so many points of variability like the electrical electrical components of the day might have had a different quality to them might have been made with different materials and that might be part of it they might have different yep. resistor counts and all sorts of bullshit like who knows right I, i've not yeah. looked inside a pedal but it it could be anything that that gets you there and or like the combination of like 100 different small factors
0: gets you mm. a completely different sound and that's it and then when you're trying to emulate those sounds you might be able to say if i set all of these if i set this this components up with all of my variables in a neutral position so you know my volume my tone my gain all at the 50% or 12 o'clock mark uh-huh i can make it sound i can make this pedal sound exactly like a ts1 tube screamer mm but if you then crank that tube screamer's gain up and the and the tone down your new pedal that you're creating isn't necessarily going to be able to emulate that yeah, in the, in, yeah, in that yeah, yeah. So, so yeah every it seems mad when you think about it but like how unique distortion is based on the hardware that is no longer available yeah but also like that kind of
1: harkens back to the original forms of distortion like it was this exact amplifier with this exact type of damage done to it yeah that gave you that sound you know yeah, like i
0: wonder i wonder how good it was i wonder like what it sounded like with like yeah. the broken well you, you can like
1: and... uh junior Barnard. uh you can still f- you can find clips on youtube that have the audio from that band because it was like it was back in the 40s right like they had recording then yeah, Sure, the fidelity is terrible though oh it's actually all right like it, it gave me a sense of what they were working with in terms of the sound and like it was kind of like I said kind of similar to the sound I was getting out of that amplifier before I added any effects to it it was that kind of like yeah right not much distortion but you can tell it's there it's kind of warm and bluesy um, but yeah it's you you can find it and you can you can listen to some of that still mm. and then it, it wasn't like it was maybe like well 20 years later and then Jimi Hendrix comes along and he's just fucking screaming guitars at Woodstock
0: yeah just
1: yeah. complete, like the pace of it picked up, like yeah. That, well, right. that, and that's where like the whole thing about holding your guitar up to the speaker to introduce a feedback loop and all of that coming in—that was mm. something someone discovered by accident as well. And then they were like, "Fuck, yeah. this is rad as hell. Let's keep doing this." So and then cool. eventually, people were like, "Oh, I guess we can actually do this stuff intentionally." That's that's weird.
0: Yeah, to manufacture it. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder how long it took to. um after uh, old uh j barn um i wonder how quickly it took yeah i'm running with that yeah. i just saw your face just like no yeah um uh, i wonder how quickly after he, after his sort of discovery of it how quickly sort of people adopted it with like a yeah we'll do that and how long it took for people to stop saying like no it just sounds like your amp's broken uh honest probably not not long at all because
1: like i said he was doing that in like 1945 and 1947 The amp came out where people found that if you turned it up it gets distortion right so it was like That's a really good a point. Few, it was like a few years and people were like oh you can just do this if you pay money for it
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't just have to be <laughs> this guy ah, i'm sensing some parallels <laughs> yeah. um yeah, yeah maybe. fair play well, so yeah, this has mostly like, made
1: me want to go and play my guitars. Yeah, like I said, there's a whole world of shit that we have barely scratched the surface on here. Um, mm. But I've had a lot of fun uh, talking and
0: playing guitars <laughs> today. Yes, sweet. Oh, man, yeah. I've enjoyed it. And like I say, I now want to go and play my guitars. Mm. Um, I'm also uh, in the process of redesigning, for want of a better word. I'm going to take my SG apart. It's an SG copy. It was cheap. You am going to take my right. SG apart. I'm gonna sand it back, respray it um, for fun, and like do some designs on it. And then I'm mm. probably gonna put a new. I'm gonna might put a new neck and head on it because it's um it loses tune really quickly. Whereas right. my my three three five copy, my Epiphone, um, I picked that up today for the first time in like uh, a few days ago for the first time in like pfft, I want to say nearly two years. It's mm. really bad, and it's like oh, it's still largely in tune. Yeah, I like. Uh, the difference of quality. Ah, that's just me whinging now. Yeah. Anyway. Also,
1: when, when I first saw like the guitar brand Epiphone, mm-hmm. I wished it was Epiphany. I th- wish that's how you pronounced it,
0: like Hermione and Hermione. Well, like,
1: you got Persephone, which is like it ends in P H O N E. Persephone. Just like yeah, yeah, Persephone. But Epiphany would be such a good like double entendre there as as a guitar name. I I.
0: I'm going to start just referring to it as that and yeah. see how many people get really annoyed Just pass it. me
1: the epiphany. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if in doubt, irritate people around you. Yes. That's going to be on my fucking gravestone. Yeah. Okay, so, the outro. Okay, uh, actually, I have a question for you for the outro. Okay. Um, who in your mind um, is some of the best sort of like user users of distortion and who who do you think has the best sound with distortion like Jack white is a pretty obvious fucking call, but the uh, thing is there's not a lot that Jack white can do badly, where guitars are concerned,
1: yeah, uh, that's a man I had not prepared for that question, jeez, that just goes to show how spontaneous the show is fuck no, I'm like I'm reeling <laughs> all of the different um
0: ideas that's totally fair um. All right, so i tell you what, okay. if you think I can knock some out, like, so I really love Interpol, I genuinely do, okay. uh, but I love their sound, and I think they use uh, distortion really well, I think, See, I don't think I've because ever they listened use a lot of really before. high-pitched distortion. You've never listened to Interpol? I,
1: well, I think maybe a song has come up, but I haven't paid attention to it. I've never intentionally been
0: like, I'm going to listen to Interpol. I would say that the 2004, I believe, album Antics might be one of probably five to ten albums that... I will listen to all the way through every single time without fail. And I would say that it's a perfect album. All right. That's not an exaggeration. I think antics is perfect.
1: Yeah, no, I've, I've got albums that I would put in that category as well. I I understand where you're coming from. Fight me. If you think,
0: Oh, sorry, you're agreeing. Carry on. Yeah. Yeah. Um, No, I'm just saying I haven't listened to it. I'm not fighting you. (laughs) That's fair enough. Uh, Interpol, uh, like, um, I, I, I like hearing bands like Kingswood do like their kind of like take on like 60s rock and roll stuff, yeah like you can't beat a bit of Iron Maiden like squealing guitars and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. I know, I know we talked about like hair metal and stuff in the past, like that's kind of fun as well, but maybe not really as good as something. I, okay. I, I love Iron Maiden, I think they're really great. Yeah. Distortion and yeah. stuff like that.
1: They're good if you want to listen to Iron Maiden. All of their songs are basically the same thing. Yeah, like
0: you, you know <laughs> what you're getting with Maiden yeah um, yeah pretty much. Don't get me started on Bruce Dickinson though. That man. Whew, I'll talk about that on maybe another episode or something. But yeah, yeah. We, um, yeah, if we can, please, dude. We could we could drink some of the Iron Maiden beers. Yeah, I did a
1: high school music exam question on an Iron Maiden song because that's what was in the exam.
0: Sick. Yeah. Um. So yeah, you got any, got any like particular favorite uses of distortion?
1: Yeah. Now that now that I've had time to think about it. Um.
0: Thanks, man.
1: So one of my favorite bands is Periphery. They're sort of a uh progressive metal
0: band out of america just quickly is that yeah. spelt like p r p h o no 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 <laughs> it, it's spelt the right way um okay, so it's not like but
1: epiphany <laughs> no uh, so the the most like so they've got uh three guitarists in there but the most well known one is a guy called Misha Mansour um mm-hmm. he he has been like at the forefront of like modern metal guitar sounds for a long time uh yeah, right. so so they do like a really uh like technical sort of style of metal music so what they need is like a really tight but heavily distorted sound so that mm-hmm. you don't get like all of these like uh you know you don't get the buzz and the hum in the background when they're not playing and it's, it's like it's really compressed and tight um yeah to not the point clashing like, sounds yeah to the point where he's like started his own company to make guitar pedals to kind of do that work um but yeah they're, they're, he's he's very very prolific uh within the scene um you get he, You to buy probably, one uh i've got one actually down here it's so the company's called horizon devices um mm-hmm. i've got like the nano attack which is like this thing that's about this big I'm, i don't know it's like the size of a matchbook but it's basically like one knob and one little switch on it but it just right. like it's 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 not a distortion pedal but it kind of um augments distortion to kind of make it uh a little bit more effective um but yeah they've they've got a whole they've got a range of stuff but he's probably up up there in terms of the extreme end of distortion for me i would say Mm -hmm. also i don't know who the guitarist is but the band the heavy um they've got that kind of really warm bluesy distortion sound really nailed down um if you've heard the song oh what is it uh I can stop you there. I've never heard of this
0: band. God, so. okay,
1: never mind. But yeah, they they do kind of that kind of blues western sort of feeling in some of their songs, and it's got like, this really nice tone to it. Um, These guys sound great. Why haven't I never heard should, of them? you? Should check them out. Um, but yeah, I I'm all over the map in terms of like the different types of music I appreciate, but a lot of it reverberates around like loud guitars
0: in one form or another. That was the worst pun you've made today. I know, <laughs> but I'm not, I'm not, no. I'm not, I'm not, sorry. Well, I don't um, think you were. I'm trying to think if there's anything else. Um, I mean, everyone loves Hendrix, right?
1: Yeah. I, I don't love all of Hendrix's stuff. Like. No, come there's, on. It's there's like a lot the of,
0: Beatles and the Rolling Stones. They yeah. did a lot of stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. And like when you start to dig into sort of like Hendrix's side projects and all of like more obscure stuff, it's like, oh, this, this, this is a lot of noise. Mm, and it's enough. it's less of like you think of like little wing and you think of like all on the watchtower and that's like that's a song and then some of it's mm. like oh this is just a live recording of him at woodstock fucking throwing his guitar
0: into a speaker or something and it's like sometimes i'm in the mood for that but often i'm not yeah, dude, this is like, I, I, so I go on about this all the time and I get a lot of stick for it, but I saw the Red Hot Chili Peppers in concert twice in the same year because I'm a fucking glutton for punishment and I thought they were shite both times because they just get on stage and jam and it's like, yeah, I'd really like to hear the entirety of California Cation if that's all right. And it's like, yeah. hang on, here's the first verse and chorus and then we'll go jam for 40 minutes. Like, fuck yeah. you. Uh, yeah, fuck you, like, Anthony Kiedis, you heroin addict. There we go.
1: Yeah, like th- there's a way to do that in a live setting well. Uh, an extended mm. jam session like that is maybe not the way to do it. Um, no. Another another one that I've just thought of. Maybe it's because I'm listening to them a bunch at the moment. Um, is Porcupine Tree? If you've ever heard them, no. Um, you heard it okay? <laughs> it's just, yes. Okay. So Porcupine Tree, like they've they've collaborated a bunch, um, and you can sort of see similarities between some of their music. But they're they're another like progressive rock band. I think they're British. Um, but the guitar tones are just like really. Like they're actually really varied within their music, mm-hmm. but also like really well done. And th- like fun fact, the 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 uh, the the way the drums interact with the guitars are actually really satisfying because a lot of the drum beats will kind of mirror the guitar rhythms, and it just like rounds out the sound in this really nice way. Um, but okay, yeah, yeah, they so- they have a they have a really good um, set of uh, guitar distortion tones
0: cracking stuff yeah well, there we go folks there is a bunch of bands to go listen to if you want to hear some yeah. fun distortion um get around it uh yeah. before we wrap wrap mike <laughs> i believe yeah. we have um some update to our. well i believe we have some things to read yeah yeah didn't, so, didn't really plan uh, that sentence
1: no uh so in the last i don't know week i've i've done another round of like seeing where we're up to with things like iTunes reviews and I had a couple of emails come in. Uh, so we're going to read some of those out right now. Uh, okay. so first thing is a, is a brand new review. Uh, it's five stars. So thank you for that. Um, thanks. This, this, this one comes into us from Australia from someone called Mish Mish, the rock lobster, uh, on the 12th of April. So apologies for waiting a month to get to this. Um, I also have
0: no idea who that might even be. But I, thanks. Mish, mish the rock I'm, pretty, I'm
1: pretty sure I know who this is, but I'm not going to out them on air. Um, That's fair. So 10 out of 10 would recommend five stars. <coughs> I like this podcast and I don't even drink beer. End of review. I don't know what they're
0: getting out of this then.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be honest, like the beer is maybe a quarter of each episode and then it's yeah. mostly the story.
0: This is why we don't do well in the beer podcast like rankings. Hey, we're,
1: this this page that I'm looking at also tells me within the Australia food section of Apple Podcasts, we're number one uh, 222.
0: Yeah, we're quite a way off,
1: eh? But that is apparently, also according to this website, we've gone down 43 places. Oh, Jesus. So I think this well, might be I thought be we were bullshit. getting better. Yeah, we are.
0: <laughs> um, we are. Also, we are. they just don't know about it. Ah, oh, dogs. Um iso podcast listening has jumped yeah. that's why well yeah. then again who knows how many of those are beer? any whom
1: yeah uh so one other thing we've got is a is a is an email from a friend of the show your friend and mine rowan ah oh, the only yeah. other
0: person who's ever emailed
1: us hey look it's the only one we've ever read out on a podcast so Put it uh, that uh, way. For
0: the record, uh, Rowan works in IT, um, so I'm assuming that like the emails thing is because he's just rather email us than use socials. It's because he can't leave some kind of Zendesk ticket. He's also using his work email every time he does this,
1: sweetheart. Which I is mean, amazing. He's, not, he's slacking off and listening to us. I love it. Yeah. Uh, so he writes, "Oh, uh, wise and mighty Hey Brewers, any plans to release a list of what beers you've consumed in each episode?" I'm keen to emulate your awesomeness and drink along the same beer you're reviewing per episode, but can't find an easy way to see which beer you consumed Ooh. in each episode before I start listening to the episode. I hope this email I, finds you well hydrated while isolated.
0: I like the rhyme. Yeah. Um, so
1: so I responded, I responded to him and let him know like, Hey, on, on each, you know, and for the listeners out there, this is for your benefit on each episode in the show notes, we include the name and a link to the beer that we that that we feature, but mm-hmm. I did admit that what we don't have is kind of like a master list of yeah we should for each episode that. here's the link. So I've looked into it um, in the four days since he sent that email. Uh, with the way that our website works, we can't get that on the website directly. But what I reckon will be pretty easy to do is set up just a publicly visible Google Doc with that information, and then we can just link to it from the website.
0: Yeah, for sure. I so also yeah. think um, there's a fun opportunity here for us to do a quiz between each other, uh, talk about a topic, and uh, pick a topic, and then try and guess which beer we drank. Or, 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 or on the hard mode,
1: guess which episode number.
0: Oh, that's never going to happen. All right, episode eight
1: is the Pavlova one, I think.
0: <laughs> I don't even <laughs> know what episode one was. I don't know. Oh, it, was, it was your I first one, don't. The chop oh fuck there we go yeah i uh, see okay so no i'm no not doing that but what we <laughs> could do. hard mode for me would be um tell me the beer and then pick the topic oh yeah okay yeah i don't I know maybe do that. that's something fun we could do as a little side project yeah. for us um, maybe um, but even yeah on there, who
1: so knows? so so i guess uh yeah keep an eye on the website i'll try to get that together in the next week or so and there'll be a link probably on the about page just to be like here's a google doc with all of the information about the beers if you want to do Safe. that but yeah if, if if you're out there and you want to you know maybe schedule a a drink along with the latest episode of hey brew mm-hmm. just check the show notes for the episodes and they will have it in there we, we we do try and because we buy the beers close to when we record them we do try to get stuff that's still uh purchasable yeah it's, right not, it's not
0: always the case um mm. But we do try. Yeah, sometimes, sometimes you've already thought of the episode, and then you have to go buy the beer, like Mr. Yeah. Miyagi. <laughs> yes.
1: Or sometimes, like I did with that stone-brewing crime beer, that that beer was bottled in 2015, aged for three years before I bought it. Um, so it's incredibly hard to find.
0: <laughs> well, hey, man, I've still got a uh, stout in the fridge that when I moved into this apartment almost two years ago, we were meant to drink, and... Um, uh, I think yeah, I'm just saving it to share with you. Mm, I appreciate that. Stout day part but, three. Yeah, that was meant to be more romantic than you let it be,
1: but whatever. Anyway, it's hard to be romantic at this distance.
0: Oh, <laughs> should we go to the rap before we start losing so. eyes over Zoom? <laughs> all right, <clears throat> ladies and gentlemen. If you enjoyed any of what you just heard from Hey Brew, you can find us online in all your favorite social media accounts, Twitter. Instagram and Facebook are all discoverable under Hey Brew Podcast. Do you want to do the email?
1: <laughs> yeah, that was weirdly sultry.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. It's I don't know how it shows like...
1: up in the recording, but the way that I heard it was, uh, it gave me goosebumps.
0: <laughs> um,
1: yeah, if, Thanks, if, you, if you, like Rowan, would like to email us, uh, you can do so by using the email address hello at heybrew.zone. That name again? It's Hello at haybrew.zone phenomenal yeah uh, you, you can please. also find our uh, our delightful website at haybrew.zone as well uh, you can you yes. can find the ep- you can find the episodes there if you want to listen to them in a web browser which a surprising number of people do uh, it turns out so maybe they're just like doing that while they work and that's a, a sort of hidden
0: way to do that so bless my mum, it used to be just her. Um and then she's like, It's really annoying because every time I pause it and go out the room, it resets. Yep. So I have to yep. listen to the whole episode again. It's like yep. really boosting my listener stats there. Um so I just told her to use it on Spotify. Yeah. Um yeah. yeah. But uh yeah, I definitely recommend probably not yeah. using the web browser. No,
1: the the website also has uh subscription links out to I, I hope your podcast app of choice, if it's not there, mm-hmm. let us know and we'll see what we can do. Mm -hmm. uh but if 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 not the rss feed is there and you can just you know raw dog it that way
0: (laughs) why why what anyway why not no nothing (laughs) all right and if you are listening to us on one of your chosen methods of listening to podcasts your chosen podcast vehicles if you will um we would love it if you could leave us a little review uh, or a like and a subscribe. We really appreciate it. It also helps us to grow the podcast and helps us to uh, make things bigger and better and uh, get out to a wider audience. Um, we also obviously have our birthday episode coming up soon. Yeah. If you've seen on the socials recently, you might have seen an ever so slightly slowly filling can of Nitro Mountain Lager, um, mm-hmm. which looks delicious, by the way. Yeah, it um, is. It's a really good beer yeah I might have to try and source some of that yeah. um and that has been the countdown to our birthday episode if you have any recommendations for what we should drink and talk about in the episode we're gonna do quick fire um so let us know what you've got and um and we'll be able to hit it up yeah yeah
1: that's that that'll be coming out on the 29th I believe um so we're, we're a little a little under two weeks away for that yeah it's so soon yeah yeah so uh if, you, if you've got ideas get them in um, and and maybe yeah maybe because we maybe also, maybe also we love recommendations for drinks yeah, yeah of course, mm.
0: cracking um I haven't got anything else Mike do you have anything else no I'm done fam I was really tempted to say Mike play us out but I uh, no I'm not going to do that <laughs> uh, <laughs> put the uh, guitar our, down already. <laughs> our theme of song already has distortion in it so you know no this that's just a th- synthesizer baby yeah but it's distorted sound yeah it is a bit it's manufactured distortion but anyway whatever yeah. anyway. Thank you very much for joining us. This has been Hey Brew. I have been Elliot. And I have been Mike. Cheers. Cheers. I was also really tempted to yell cheers then, so it distorted, um, like clipping out real hard, but I'm glad that I didn't. Cheers. (laughs) Yeah, that works. (laughs) yeah good (laughs) that even sounded really good to me it's because i am a beastie boy (laughs) oh man